Welcome to the weekly podcast of Upper Room Christian Fellowship in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you for listening. Are you afraid of heights? Does it kind of freak you out? Some people it does. <clears throat> My dad was a pilot. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I went flying in little rinky-dink, well, he wouldn't call them rinky-dink, but small planes. My wife would call it a rinky-dink plane. I was just the other day, for some reason, I just asked her, I said, did my dad ever take you up? And she said, are you kidding? I wouldn't go on that thing. But he was a pilot for years. In fact, I have a picture of him in my study. He was probably about 16, 17 years old, and he was already flying. And at that time, you didn't need a license. He worked at an airport, and he distributed parts to different airports. So he used to go with this guy, and then one time the guy just says, Hey, why don't you just take it? So he jumped in the plane, and from watching him, and took off. So I've learned very little about flying, except I've sat in the seats next to him many a times. Now, he did... Teach me to fly. He did. He gave me three lessons. Then he realized I wasn't into it. Remember, I'm only 16 years old at this time. That's it's his age. He's like, just thought you'd want to learn to fly. So he, he taught me three times until he finally figured out I really wasn't into it. He goes, you really have to be into this because there's a lot of studying involved. And I said, I'm just not into it, Dad. I'd rather play sports. He goes, I get it. There's something about flying that you need to know. Because you would think that the first thing you're going to do is learn to take off, right? No. That's not the first thing you learn. So I was sitting next to him and he goes, okay, this is your first lesson. Now I'm not going to give you all the little details that he said because frankly I don't remember them. (laughs) But we took off and went flying. I didn't take the plane off. No, no, we were already in flight. Then he started giving me instructions. And then he basically took his hands off the rudders and the wheels and said, or the steering wheel and said, you're on. Fly. Aim towards that mountain. Keep it at this altitude. You're drifting a little. But he was there the whole time watching me fly. And I was flying for quite a long time. Because then he would say, okay, a little close to that mountain, we need to turn now. Look off to your left. See anything? No. All right, you're clear. And just start banking and turning away from the mountain, which is a good thing. And I flew three times for an hour. Gave me a log and everything else. I think I finally threw it away when we <clears throat> moved into our house that we're living in now. But I had it for a while. I don't know why I kept it. It had my name on it, I guess. I don't know. I never had any intentions on flying. <clears throat> I want you to know something. This is your first lesson in flying. You ready? Stand with me, if you will, the reading of the Word of God. <clears throat> Ephesians 
And honestly, we're just going to look at part of a verse. But because I had you stand, we'll read three verses. Because it's the kind of guy I am. Look at Romans. We'll start on chapter 7, verse 24. <clears throat> oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we just pray that you would help each one of us to have ears in tune to you, our instructor. That you would guide and direct us and help us not to be afraid of heights, but to embrace the truth that we're going to hear this morning. I pray that for each of us, that we truly learn that we are in flight now. That your will and your work and our place in your kingdom is to be flying. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, wretched man that I am, worn out, hard-labored, distressed, miserable, alone, without any resources, employing the imagery of being alone or abandoned at sea. Who, notice again, who will deliver me from this body of death? Who will deliver me from this body? Remember we talked about this. There was a, an area near Tarsus where they would take their criminals that were guilty of murder and they would take the victim and they would tie him to the person that committed the crime. So he's walking around with this dead body. Who will deliver me from this body of death? I'm sick of the stench. I'm sick of him. I'm sick of the old man. I'm sick. Notice what he says then. As I look for it. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I may serve, serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. The old man is still in sin, but the new man's flying. The new man's been delivered. The new man is free. See, the Lord, it's kurios, it's master. We belong to him. Throughout and out, you're His. The battle belongs to Him too. But see, now, here it is. As we've looked back, verse 24 and 5, but actually, you could take the first seven chapters, but just again to simplify it for us, it's just the old wretched man. I can't do it. I can't live on my own. Well, we're not supposed to. There's now. That word now, it's not just... At this time, it's henceforth from this point on. You hear that? Now, no matter where you're at right now, now, there is no, what is that word no? John MacArthur says, it is an emphatic negative adverb of the time that carries the idea of complete sensation. You with me? It's really important. Because it's that word condemnation we get hooked up on. Remember, though, there is now no condemnation. That word means to be under the sentence of. So it gives the idea, after weighing all the evidence, 
that was uncovered, all my sin being uncovered, found to be guilty, all charges, judgment pronounced, specifying the punishment, and then the punishment being carried out. All of it. The whole complete sentencing revealed, found, punishment given, punishment displayed. Wait a minute though, there is now no condemnation. There is no judgment. In Christ Jesus. Now, there's a great picture of this. John Phillips gives it, gives it in his commentary. What is it? Well, it's the picture of Noah and the ark. See, God said this to Noah. I said, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. It's very interesting, that word pitch. Why? Because it's a word that you would be very surprised to know what it means. Not just because of the, the texture and the stuff, the substance they would use, but the word in Hebrew means to ransom or satisfaction. The root word is atonement. Are you, are you getting that? See, the world's going to be judged. And Noah is told to build an ark. And the ark, he's supposed to take pitch and he's supposed to put it on the inside and the outside and cover it completely. Why? Because God's telling him and telling us the ransom has been paid. The atonement is made. All you have to do is hang on. I'm going to put two nails on the outside and just hold on. Don't let go and maybe you'll make it. No, that's not what he told him. He told him, Go inside the ark. And then the Lord shuts the door. He shuts him in. You're safe, Noah. You're safe in me. That's the picture we have here with Jesus. We are safe in Him. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through Him might be saved. Romans 3.24, being justified freely by His grace, grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 1.9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus. We're in Him. You're safe. It's okay. You're free. Do you feel it? Do you sense it? Uh, See, where the ark, if you will, is a place of safety from the water, if you will, Jesus has given us wings to fly. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. And the faint is weary. It gives power to the weak and to those who have no strength. It gives us wings to fly. 
You're in flight, whether you know it or not. You're flying. Now, I have had dreams, and I'm sure you have too. But I used to have these dreams about flying. Have you? Some of you are going, are you nuts? No, I'm talking about no plane, gang. I'm talking about flying. This. I remember one time having this dream, and all of a sudden I woke up with a thud. I fell off my bunk bed, and I was on the top bunk. My older brother said, you goof, get back up there. That was before we had rails. Or maybe we had them. My dad just liked to hear us fall. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sure that was not true. So, really, what, what keeps us from the flight? What, what keeps us from being, what keeps us earthbound, if you will? Because reality is you're flying. And God's lifted it. Christ has taken the plane off, if you will. He's the pilot. You're just the co-pilot. You see, He's the Lord. He's the Master. He's the one that we want to follow His directions. Not ours. No, just think if I went up there and my dad says, Okay, fly. And I'm going, oh, What? We're going to fall. We're going to fall. He's got everything in control. We're going. We're flying. All I was doing is steering as He gave me direction. That's all I was doing. And that's all Christ wants us to do. You're flying. You're not going to fall. I hold you up. Just listen to my directions. It'll all be good. I'll save you from any mountains or pitfalls. But what keeps us so grounded? May I suggest to you, first, understand what it means to be free from condemnation. Number one, we're free from the guilt of sin. You're not guilty. You're free. Declared righteous. In Colossians 2, verses 13 and 14, And being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made alive together with Him, having forgiven you all your trespasses. Notice that word all. It means all. I looked it up in the Greek and that's what it means. It means all. All your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting requirements that was against us. In Corinthians, Paul put it this way, and such were some of you, I'm talking about sin, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not guilty. I'm not guilty, neither are you. If you are in Christ Jesus, you are not guilty. Because God sees Christ covering us. It's His atonement. It's His blood that's the pitch. We're free in Him. So I'm not guilty of sin, but you want to know something else? I'm free from the grief and the sorrow of sin. Grief and sorrow that I've hurt God, I've hurt others. I'm free. Oh, listen to David in Psalm 116. The pains of death surrounded me and the pangs of Sheol laid hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow and then I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and He saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have, for you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I walk before the Lord in the land of the living. 
I'm free from the sorrow and the grief of sin. You know what else it implies? It implies that I'm free from the shame of sin. See, sin brings shame on oneself. I'm ashamed of the things I've done. I'm ashamed of the things I've said. I'm ashamed of me. Isn't God ashamed of me? No, I'm free from that. God's not ashamed. God declares, you're my child. You're mine. And I'm free from the shame. In Psalm 69, again David, You know my reproach, my shame, and my dishonor. My adversaries are all before you. Reproach has broken my heart. I'm full of heaviness. I looked for someone to take pity, but there was none. For comforters, but I found none. I am poor and sorrowful. Oh, but let your salvation, O God, set me on high. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify Him with thanksgiving. I took the eyes off myself and I put them unto you. And I found myself flying. I'm in the air. It also, if you will, frees me from the regret of sin. Sin can do that, you know. You, you can, the enemy loves to do this. Oh, don't you remember? Don't you remember what you've done? Don't you remember how you've hurt people? How you've shamed people? Aren't you ashamed? Don't you have regret on what you did to that person? What you did yourself? Don't you have any regret? No, I'm free from regrets. Completely. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16, do not, excuse me, let me start here. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, the Lord saying, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I'll even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And then in Hebrews, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds. I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. There's nothing else I need to bring. There's nothing else I need to do. He's done it all. Do you feel the truth of this? Oh, I know. It's the burden. It's the weight. It's all this. It's the guilt. It's the shame. It's the regret. It's everything about sin. It lays heavy on us. But you want to know something? We're also free from the burden and the weight of sin. Did you know that? Oh, listen to Hebrews chapter 10. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from the evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He's faithful. He's got me. I'm in him. I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things are new. See, now I understand what it means when it says to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. 
acceptable to God. Because I'm flying. Where are we going, Lord? Give me the directions. What mountain am I aiming at? Where are we going from here? Do you know these things to be true in your life? Come on, be honest with yourself. Yeah, be honest with me. Honest with yourself. Do you feel like you're flying? Do you feel free from all these things? Or are you like most of us? That these things always seem to wake, kind of slither in there and, and always inflict the pain, the regret, the guilt, the shame, the weight. Is that, is that what's going to keep you earthbound? So what do you do? Do you have sorrow of your sin? Have you confessed your sin? See, godly sorrow leads us to repentance. Have we done that? And the scripture says if we've confessed our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. See, if we have unconfessed sin in our lives, then that becomes, again, a burden, a weight, a blocking of what God wants to do in our lives. In Proverbs 28, it says this, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Happy is the man who is always reverent, but he who hardens the heart will fall into calamity. See, it's those sins that we try to hide. It's those sins we cover up. It's those sins that we call those little pet things that we do. I need this. It's how I survive. See, those are the things that keep us earthbound because the enemy continually uses those things against us and tells you you're not flying, you're so earthbound, you're walking in cement shoes. Maybe God has rejected you. Maybe God doesn't think much of you. Lies. Every one of them lies. If Christ is your Lord and Savior, then it really does hinge on one word. One word, write this down, one word is forgiveness. Have you truly accepted Christ's forgiveness in your life? See, for us that have, then remind yourself of this truth. And for Jesus, from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. You're forgiven. As far as the east is from the west, so has he removed our sins from us. Have you received this truth? That He, the one that we hold on to, no, the one that we're in, really, basically, He surrounded us and covered us. Those of us that are in Christ, He says, you are forgiven. But Lord, you understand. No, you're forgiven. Will you accept my forgiveness? Will you today just accept His forgiveness? If you have, 
What about have you forgiven others? Have you forgiven others? Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God and Christ forgave you. Have you forgiven? See, it's not about who's right anymore. It doesn't matter who's wrong. It's about keeping yourself airborne with Him. And not allowing anything to keep you to be hearing your pilot tell you which direction is to go. Have you forgiven others? If need be, have you sought the forgiveness of those you've sinned against? Now, I don't mean that, you know, you start thinking, oh man, I remember back in fifth grade, Oh, I punched that kid in the face. Or I, I took that girl's ponytail and clipped it with my scissors. No, I didn't do either one of those things, so don't think that. But whatever you've done, it's not like you can go back, unless God puts that person in front of your face. It's not like you can go back and hunt the person down. That's kind of creepy. But just think about the last week, the last month, the last year, some people five years, a loved one, a family member, a friend, co-worker, fellow student, somebody that you do see, that you do know, or you don't see because of this that's between you. Seek their forgiveness. Here's the last one. It's probably the biggie. It's probably the one that keeps us all going up and down rather than just flying. Have you forgiven yourself? Remember the first thing we said that you have been forgiven? Are you bigger than God? You greater? Are you showing yourself self-righteous by saying, God, no, you cannot forgive me for this? Because I can't forgive myself. Really? That's what you're holding on to? John says this in his epistle. Listen to this. Very simple. First John 2.12 I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake. Whose name's sake? God's. His character. His goodness. His truth. His faithfulness. His redemption. His salvation. 
He looks at each of us and says, you're free, now live free. Yes, you're free from the law. Because you're in flight now and I'm the pilot. And if you listen to me, you're not going to want to do that stuff of the old man anymore, old woman. You're going to enjoy what I've given you. You're going to fly in your heart full of love because I love you. And I'll remind you constantly of my love for you. Constantly. If you're willing. Now, it's kind of a beautiful thing. You know what it is? Because now we're just kind of moving into the communion service. See, it gives each of us a time to just sit here with the Lord and just say, Oh, Lord, I know you see everything in my heart, so I just pray, as I'm exposed to you, reveal to me, is there, have I really received your forgiveness? Have I forgiven others? Is there someone that I need to seek to ask their forgiveness? Remember something, it's not a matter of will they accept it or not. It's you being willing to share it. And then last of all, will you forgive yourself this morning? And really learn to fly. As we come to the communion table, I want you to think on these things. And with that, I'll have the worship group come up. And um, let me pray. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for this truth. Lord, you know our hearts. You know how we hold on to things. And Lord, we also acknowledge the enemy plays with those things in our own lives. I pray for each of us that we would stop being earthbound. Stop holding on to those things that keep those weights heavy against us. Truly, we have been free. It's time to cast away all weight and sin that so easily besets us. To run, to fly the race that you have given us. In this freedom, Lord, I just pray that your spirit would move among us. That you would set these truths in our hearts so strong, so powerfully. You have set our feet upon the rock and you have made our steps steady so that others would see the great and wonder of your forgiveness and they too will come to learn to praise and worship you, the true and living God desires that all men might be saved. But bless this time, Lord, as we Listen to your spirit as your word has been spoken and let your truth ring out in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.